Someone once told me the grass is much greener. I still need to watch all of this show in order. There is a mixture of sadness, but at the same time, there's a mixture of a little bit of humor, which you can definitely expect in this series. Every character has multiple dimensions, really. Obviously, it's a scripted show, but they don't feel scripted. They feel real. They feel genuine. If kids find value in things, I think there is value in that, because it is art in its own way, and it is very important. Whatever it is, just own it. You know, love what you do and do what you love. If it's cool to you, then, you know, who cares about what the others say? Hello and welcome to We're In Between, the podcast that discusses an episode of As Told by Ginger once a week, every week, in order. Episode 17 is Peace of My Heart. It premiered on April 29th, 2001, and uh, it was written by many members of the As Told by Ginger team. Uh, Patricia, do you have any insight as to who might have done the most work on this episode? There were like four names. Uh, there are three, actually. The story, oh, okay. the story was done by Emily Kapnick and Rain Austin Chandler, and the teleplay was done by Rain Austin Chandler and Sheila M. Anthony. So three people were involved in the writing. As for who was the most involved, I'm not sure. Cool. Well, in this one, Hoodsy invites Macy to the dance disguised as a mystery man because he has a crush on her. Meanwhile, Darren thinks that Courtney invited him to the dance, but she really invited his older brother, Will. In our B-plot, Carl and Blake team up to retrieve a pig's heart so they can save a cow's life, because of course they did. Yeah, I'm gonna start this one out by saying B-plot in this one, at least for me, was just not, I wasn't particularly into it. One, I don't even know if that would work. Just, I'm thinking logistics-wise, I don't know a ton about pig and cow anatomy, and I don't know how much a pig heart is going to work with a cow. Like, I, I know in general, like, between animals, a lot of times their uh, immune systems are different, and so it recognizes it as foreign, and it's hard to do those sorts of interspecies transplants. So I was a little bit shaky on whether or not that, even if they did it, would work. But either way, just didn't do much for me. Sure. So the episode starts off with Hoodsy dropping off a letter to Macy's locker. And that completely just gave away whatever suspense and mystery as to who might be the secret admirer. Ooh. You know, it's kind of like it reminds me of an episode of Doug in which Doug finds out that he has a secret admirer when he finds a letter in his locker. But we don't know who it is just yet. But it keeps on the suspense until we find out that it was actually BB who dropped it. And then... Afterwards, he puts two and two together as to why would BB drop off a letter for Doug because they don't really see eye to eye with anything. And then it turns out that it was actually a big misunderstanding. But here we already see through the holes of the locker that Hoodsy's dropping it off. And then when Macy reads the letter, she gets really excited because there's a mystery man who wants to invite her over to the school dance. And it's kind of nice that we have a Macy-centric episode that doesn't involve with anything really dramatic. It's actually something pretty sweet. I mean, sure, we had to come back little seal girl, but it kind of starts off with being sort of dramatic, but... You know, here, it's kind of, like, sweet all the way through. Yeah, also, just, because I don't think we've seen Hootsie and Macy really interact, have we? No, not really. None whatsoever. I mean, whenever we see Hoodsy, we see him either with Carl or with Dodie, because obviously they're brother and sister. But Hoodsy and Macy is something that we've never seen before, so this is actually really nice. A Hoodsy-Macy episode. 
I think it's adorable, and I feel like it's kind of cliche in a good way of, like, the younger kids, one of them having a crush on someone in, like, the friend's sister's, like, cool older friend group, you know? I can totally see it happening. Um, I just love the irony of Dodie being obsessed with figuring out who Macy's secret admirer is, and it's her brother the whole time, and how mortified would she be if she ever found out, but she doesn't learn. No. Uh, in fact, I actually have something to tell you. So when I had to cut you guys off when we interviewed Jackie, I actually asked her this very question about, would you see Hoodsie and Macy pair up? And then she reminded, and then she told me no. And that's when she told me that she would see M- Macy as a total lesbian. And I was like, okay. Right. So yeah, I uh, just wanted to let you guys know, you know, in case that when you guys do listen to the whole th- thing when you're done with the series, just wanted to let you know. Don't listen to it just yet because I did reveal something else. Yeah, I, I just skipped the spoiler sections, but I listened to the rest. It'll be fun as we go on to piece together, like, what what were we missing out on and what were Patricia's little hints along the way? It's kind of fun discovering those things. Yeah, and the, the Darren interview, I know there's a whole lot of them that we had to get cut out there. Trust me, you'll definitely find that out a lot more sooner, so stay tuned for that. So we have Ginger wanting to ask Ian to the dance, because uh, we've seen throughout the series at this point that she does still have a crush on him, even though that he kind of was using her in the episode The Eight Ticket, so I would think that maybe the the relationship would be a little bit more strained. But no, she still has a crush on him, and she still wants to ask him to the dance. Ugh. I just don't like Ian. He's got no personality. Ginger deserves so much better. (laughs) Trust me, he'll be gone really soon. By season two, you will not even see him. And by season three, he's gone. You make it sound like he's going to get killed off. (laughs) (laughs) We won't have to worry about Ian anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Did you do it, Patricia? Did you kill Ian? You got me, but no, I did not. Sorry, it was the writers. Oh, man. Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, God. Continuing on. So, Dodie is going out with Chet, which is interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Again, I don't know where she decided to go for that one, but sure. Sure. We cut into Carl and Hoodsy's plot, where Carl is reading the newspaper while Mrs. Gordon is teaching class, and it turns out that... The, the 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 local cow piggy i mean P- pinky is not doing very well and she needs a heart transplant and she only has a few hours to live right before she dies and carl wants to save pinky because pinky is the greatest cow in the world who did all these amazing things like save a dog from a train track and a whole bunch of crazy things so yeah so he wants to save pinky and so carl and hoodsy decide to come up with a plan about that they want to steal the um, the pig's heart from Mr. Celia's class. And they just need to find out where it is. And we have Blake who wants to get involved. And here's the thing with Blake. You see, we well, I mean, throughout the series, we do kind of see Blake either blackmailing Carl or teaming up with Carl to kind of, you know, get something back. But in this episode, we don't get that. I don't really understand why Blake wants to team up with Carl. Why? For a temporary truce? I mean, he doesn't get anything back in return. He doesn't get, like, the petrified eyeball. He doesn't get, like, access to being permanent friends with Carl and Hoodsy. So, yeah, Blake helping out is kind of a little confusing. Yeah, this is one of my least favorite B-plots. It it, it did very little for me. It just felt like a recycling of all the old ones put together. 
Yeah, but it does kind of pull in together because that, you know, Mr. Celia does have the pig heart and it's in Lucky Junior High's refrigerator, which gives the incentive for them to go to the dance on the same day so that Hoodsy can be able to sneak in and help them out. And, you know, he decides to stay later on. So it does pull in together as opposed to like the majority of the time in which they're kind of separate. So at least we can give it that. But yeah, I do agree that the plot is pretty forgettable. Yeah, I accept it as a device in which the plot can be carried forward. And I definitely love that Hoodsy ends up going to the dance and, you know, when he picks up his tickets or whatever, he's like, man, comma, mystery. <laughs> and it's cute. And how uh, he never really reveals himself, right? But he does go to the dance and meets up with Macy. And I think it's a cute moment. So I, I accept the B-plot as a way where he could do that, I guess. But I mean, technically he could have just gone and not had a second reason to right i guess eh, that's okay sure so uh okay so continuing on with the plot so we actually find out that courtney wants to invite will to the dance but it when winston was giving out the invitation when when he reaches over to the patterson residence darren was the one who answered first and he read the letter thinking that it was for him so we have a huge misunderstanding thinking that darren is being invited by Courtney to go to the dance, but in reality, that's for Will, because as we've seen in the episode, The Right Stuff, she does have a crush on Will because they go to French class together. That Darren thinks that the invite is for him. So we kind of have like a Hoodsy slash Macy slash Darren episode mixed in with the whole B-plot with Carl and Blake. So there's a lot of people being focused in this episode, and it's kind of cool to see. Yeah, it is. I liked getting a little slice of the Darren-Will dynamic. We've seen a little bit of it before, but they do clearly care about each other, but it's in a very bro-y sense. Yeah, kind of like Jamie-O with Gerald and Hey Arnold. Oh, very similar to that, I feel like. The sort of well-knowledged older brother sort of picking on him any chance he can get kind of a deal. I Yeah, I didn't realize the parallels, but... Very, very similar dynamic. Okay, so continuing on, so so Ginger wants to approach Ian and ask him to the dance, but then Miranda steps in and says, hey, did anybody ask you to the dance? And then Ian's like, no. But I think the reason why is because my dad told me that uh, are might be afraid to ask me because I'm so good looking. And then um, Miranda says, want to go? And he's like, okay. And yeah, Ginger lost her chance of asking Ian out, so she thinks, okay, I guess I'll have to ask Darren. And then Darren comes through the window, similar to Sam from Clarissa Explains It All, and says, hey, guess what? I'm I'm not going to go to the dance with you after all. Courtney Grippling invited me. And then Ginger says, I'm sorry, Darren, but... And then Darren basically just interrupts her, thinking that the reason why that Ginger would be saying that is because she's jealous, and she tries to tell him otherwise, but he doesn't listen. I hate that as a plot device. It happens so frequently, this, I am literally not going to let you finish your sentence thing, and they're like, but... I can I can explain but wait if you literally just let me finish the sentence we wouldn't have this this issue at all but you're not going to let me you're literally not going to let me finish the sentence and it's just it's such a common thing it happens a lot of times in in you know TV shows and such and it drives me crazy like that's just so you would just shout it at him or something right like you would just communicate people come on <laughs> yeah it's got to be a TV trope for sure it's also like Every episode of Friends, <laughs> so many sitcoms are like that, 
where the the misunderstanding depends on people not letting each other finish. And it's like, if we all just sat down and talked like adults for 30 seconds, the episode would be over. Yeah, at least these are, you know, they're in middle school, whatever, or junior high. So so it's a little more acceptable for them to be a little bit more. But yeah, friends, friends, I'm like, you guys are supposed to be adults. Come on. So we have Carl giving Ginger a pen which actually has a microphone attached so that they can be able to hear mr celia give the location on where the pig's heart is and we have carl hoodsy and blake listening in and it turns out that it is actually in the school cafeteria's freezer and so they start planning on heading over there they get winston to drive them over to the lucky junior high school so they can be able to sneak in uh, then we have Courtney getting herself ready, and she buzzes for Winston to come drive her, and he doesn't show up. And she has to walk all the way through the middle school, and she comes back a complete wreck. And then we have Ginger getting herself ready, and Lois gives her the idea of, why doesn't she tell Will that that way Will can tell Darren? And so she decides to do that. And also, I have to say that when Ginger rings the doorbell to the Patterson residence, it's the same doorbell sound effect that's used in Rugrats. So we have Will hearing about that the invite was for him instead of Darren, and so he grabs his coat and his keys, and they start heading out. And he, right before he says this wonderful line, it's like, his head may be made of metal, but his heart isn't, which you can definitely tell that he does still care for Darren. Yeah, and I think he throws in something like, and nobody messes with him but me or something kind of a line. And, uh, you know, it's that brotherly kind of love where you, you give each other a lot of crap and, like, you, you mess with each other all the time. But there's still definitely, you know, when push comes to shove, you're there for each other. <sighs> so, um, I guess the first thing we can start off with is when... Uh, Courtney finally arrives and she um, she sees Will coming into the car. She runs into the bushes with Darren completely confused. And then he then Will finally tells him, I'm sorry, little brother, that invite was not for you. It was for me. Like I would go to a preteen party anyway. And then he and Ginger start walking into the bit dance and Courtney says, do I look preteen to you? And and then Darren says, don't listen to Will Patterson. And so then Courtney decides to go incredibly unique by going by herself. <gasps> Shocking. I know, right? <laughs> it's a very Courtney thing to make this into a big deal. I mean, I like that she owns it at least and, you know, doesn't just decide to not go to the dance or something. But plenty of people go alone, right? I mean, Ginger did, so... But when Courtney does it, it's a big deal. Yeah, the dance itself is kind of fun. You got, I do, oh, she does it for attention, but I think you gotta respect Courtney just showing up alone and owning it. Um, you know, she's still being her insufferable self, but she is, you know, making the best of a rough situation and showing that sort of natural leadership that she does have. Yeah, and of course we need to get into Macy's part of the story, in which when Hoodsy does show up, he shows up as... Earl Forkenstock and he has he tries to keep his voice low and because Macy can't see without her glasses she doesn't recognize Hoodsy and so they start dancing with one another and it's all romantic and cute and then when Dodie sees Hoodsy and Macy together almost about to kiss it looks like she rushes with Chet and pushes him forward and Hoodsy realizes that Dodie was coming and so he had to go away and then we see that he's gone, and Hoodie, and Dodie's like, oh, I'm too late. Who was that guy? And then Macy's like, 
Earl. It's like, aw, it's so cute. It is very cute. And, you know, props to Hootsie for, for going out and doing that. You know, that's, that's a pretty big move. Leaving an older girl a secret admirer note and showing up to the dance and all that. I, You know, he's normally pretty shy, and obviously he's still shy in that he doesn't show his identity. But, you know, I think it's a pretty pretty big thing for him to do. Yeah. The episode ends with Carl and Blake dropping off the pig's heart to the farm so that Pinking can be saved. And then they basically call off the temporary truce and then they just drive away and that's basically it. So that's it for this episode. So I guess we can give our rankings of yay, nay, or meh, or super yay, or whatever. Alright, I, I can start this one off. I'm kind of feeling like a meh on this one. I don't know, not a whole lot is carried through. I do like the dynamic of Darren and his brother, and I like that we get to see that a little bit more. But nothing super interesting, in my opinion, happens. And I do like, I guess, the cuteness of Macy and Hoodsie, but I don't know. Overall, I was just kind of uninterested. Um, you know, it seemed like kind of a typical school dance sort of situation, and the B-plot just really didn't do it for me. So, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it as much as some of the other ones we've seen. Yeah, I'm going to give this one a meh as well. The Carl Hoodsy plot is one of the weakest in the series. It's pretty forgettable. I mean, they're just saving a cow. If it was like a person who they really loved and trusted, then sure. I mean, I did hear somewhere that a person who was having heart problems and then they tried an experiment where they transferred over to an animal's heart, that it did work. So that would be cool, but we don't know really too much about this cow. And it's just, they work so hard for it. It's like for the greatest cow in the world. It's like, eh, not really caring. And Blake gets nothing from it. He doesn't get a closer friendship with Carlin Hoodsy. He doesn't get one of his items, like a petrified eyeball. He's just doing it for the sake of a temporary truce. So it's a complete waste. So I'm going to give it a meh. Yeah, mine is a meh as well. The dance was cute. Uh, don't like the B-plot at all. So it kind of balances out to a nice even meh. Alrighty, so I guess it, that sums up everything on this one. Next week, we will be discussing Season of Caprice. That'll be the last one in Season 1, which is pretty crazy, but exciting that we're making it a third way through the series now. Thanks, as always, for listening, and we'll see you then. Hey.